Do you have to choose between taking care of your older family or taking care of your finances? This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. Today, we're talking with Danielle Mira about how to financially prepare to become a family caregiver. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for spreading awareness about family caregiving. It's a topic that can be very uncomfortable to talk about, but it's so important. Yeah, and it's a topic that's near and dear to you. Maybe just tell us about yourself and and how you got into this, I guess, a life situation that uh, became very important to you. Yeah, I, I think of caregiving more as something you stumble upon than a life's wish. Um, when I was growing up, I didn't imagine being a family caregiver. I was thinking about being a police officer or a physical therapist. And I didn't think that my life would stumble upon family caregiving. I returned home as many did during COVID periods to be closer to family. And about two months later, my grandmother fell on tile floor and broke her hip. And she hasn't been able to recover since. Um, so she's been wheelchair bound for the last two, two and a half years. My goodness. All right. And how, how is she doing maybe even maybe mentally, right? Uh, you shared a bit of her physical, how she, how she feeling personally. Yeah. So it's really hard. She's made a big transition, as you can imagine, going from someone who has been so independent. My grandfather passed away about six years ago. And she bought herself a Mercedes. She was living her best solo life and enjoying the freedom that comes with being an older woman. And when she fell, she had to get rid of her license because she was told she could never drive again. And then she was told that she is wheelchair bound and can never walk again. Mm. So that was a big transition within a year time frame that many people don't experience. Yeah. And um, it's it's nice that she has family close by in town that can be uh, helpful there. And and that's, um, you mentioned that she fell on a, a tile floor and we just had a recent podcast with a lady named Jenny Wagner, where she mentioned that I think 80% of trips to a nursing home come from some sort of trip or fall. Uh, and so it's, it's unfortunate that your, your grandma uh, got to be part of that statistic and at the same time reminds us all how there's these almost dangers in our home. Uh, the the podcast I linked to it is talking about aging in place and how you can uh, hopefully stay in your home longer. But for for some people, they're they're past that and they they don't have that option or at least they're, they're staying in their home with some help. Tell me a bit more about uh, what you're doing to help your grandma on a daily basis. Yeah, so um, I'm kind of the nurse on call a lot of people stereotype the family caregiver with someone who takes care of someone who's vulnerable, usually 24 hours around the clock, or they associate with someone who's getting paid to take care of a loved one. And that's not normally a family member or a friend. It's someone who's paid as what I call a care worker. And so as I go back to being the nurse on call, that may mean making sure that she has the proper medication that may mean being in the ER with her for six hours to ensure that she has care. 
that's making sure her discharge process is correct in the hospital. That's so she has someone to can be there for her when she gets home. For some that may look like um, traveling to multiple states to take care of their loved ones. So the definition of caregiving has really expanded since the pandemic. And as I said, the usual definition that many people associate with caregivers um, is not is not include not as um, as broadened since the pandemic. Right. Yeah. It's not just uh, nursing, but maybe more and just I like the uh, just a term caregiver. You're giving some sort of care, and I mean care like being caring. I think is a is a that's probably the reason you're doing it because you're being caring to your family member. In your case, your your grandma. And you mentioned that you're in this field, uh, but your your career, your your professional field is as a financial advisor as well. Maybe tell me a little bit more about uh, your financial advisor firm, and especially too. You mentioned you're part of a board of directors, I believe. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so I own an advice-only financial planning firm. Essentially, I uh, charge a flat fee to give people money advice, and I specialize in working with family caregivers. Hence, I've pretty much been using my personal expertise and my stories to help other caregivers in similar situations. And I've also had plenty of leadership roles. I have a leadership role within caregiving.com. And I also have other caregiving uh, leadership roles within the financial industry, such as NAFA and FPA. Yeah, I appreciate as a financial planner, I appreciate your uh, your help on the uh, the boards of there. And um, that term you used, advice only, uh, that's, that's worth exploring a little bit more. Tell me what it means to be an advice only financial planner. Uh, many things. A little bit about my background. I was... A, I was a stay-at-home wife, and I recently gave birth to our daughter. Um, not recently, but at that time, I, time, I recently gave birth. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And my husband said, we're planning for our financial future. We want to learn more about what this looks like. Why don't you just take the CFP courses? And if you don't like it, you can just take one course and never return again. <laughs> And so I took the first course and I really loved it. And I love the idea of being able to help someone plan for their future and plan for the protection of their family. And to me, advice only means that I really focus on making sure that I'm putting education first and making sure that my clients really understand the why behind making advice for clients. Because you don't want to be in a situation where you're working with a financial advisor and you're not clearly understanding why they're giving you the specific advice that they are. Yeah, it's interesting because the vast majority of financial advisors uh, don't work that way, where you don't go and manage people's money on a daily basis. You give the advice, you give the education, but they're going and and managing the money. You're not... uh, helping them or you're not uh, you know putting their money into fidelity or schwab or vanguard and and being the one that moves money left to right uh, it's interesting in my role over 95 percent of the people that come to us prefer to have us manage their money and offer the financial planning but there's a there's a subset that we come into uh, we see that there's uh, some folks that say that they don't want their 
you know, advisor to actually be their investment manager uh, as well. And of course, there's enough people in the entire country where you say, well, that's that's me, right? If that's exactly what you're looking for, then then you're out there to help somebody uh, get that advice without uh, maybe the pressure or requirement or or understanding that that you're also um, managing their money too. Yeah, I think it also helps with self-empowerment for clients because they're making the decisions for themselves. Ultimately, they're going to be the ones making the implementation. And for the people that I work with, family caregivers, they're often worried about elderly abuse and mistrust, especially in the financial industry. So having them have control of the accounts rather than me provides an extra set of protection to them. Yeah, that's it's important to them. It's it's good that they found someone like you. And of course, uh, it's interesting that that you've got this connection to these family caregivers because things are things are different, right? There's different things to consider. It's not only just your own uh, finances, but maybe the finances of your your parents or aunts or uncles or grandparents, whomever you're you're taking care of. Uh, I want to go through a few questions, and I think. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it's in an order that's uh, going to make sense. And I'm, I'm maybe going to go from like older people on down. Uh, but the perception is that someone who needs long-term care is somebody that's older. And maybe when you're 50 or 60 or so, you ought to be preparing for that, uh, either through an insurance type of account, or maybe you've got some money set aside, but you ought to have some sort of planning for the long-term care. And I, we've got a few episodes that talk about that, but you told me that there's some really unanticipated financial challenges with long-term care, right? As much as you do the planning, what is out there that is maybe a surprise uh, when you're experiencing or, or making use of long-term care? So similar to having a child, you're going to have expenses that you don't predict, mm-hmm. if that's the easiest way to kind of symbolize for someone sure. who hasn't yep. been through long-term care. Um Diapers, you you create in estimated costs, um, but it's usually much higher than what you think. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the mother thinks that she can breastfeed and then unfortunately she's not able to. Sure. And so you have the added expense of formula. Similar to um, taking care of an older one, there's a lot more expenses than what I originally um, predicted for my loved one. And that's not their fault. It's just what has made her more comfortable. So we've tried plenty of different brands of diapers and the way we've done to um, to decrease the amount of unnecessary cost as well as stuff in landfills and waste is by getting samples online for diapers. Um, mybladder.com, M-I and then bladder.com offers free samples that you can select and get for your loved one to try on. So that's one of the ways we've done to reduce cost. And then um, just understanding that your loved one may not need all the necessary equipment that you think they may need. There's a lot of simple gadgets that are just as effective as the expensive ones. My grandmother calls it's like a handle you can put in your car and it attaches to the car door and it's a mechanism you can hold on to while getting into the car. My grandmother calls it the hammer. Okay. Like the Thor hammer. 
But those are like one of the things that are very inexpensive that you can use for your loved one um, that not only reduces costs, but also can make things much simpler. So evaluating how you're going to spend your money. It's like when you're having a child, do you need the really expensive bassinet or are you going to be okay with a simple pack and play? It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. Right. And uh, even with these different tools or medicine or, or adjustments to the home, whatever it might be, there becomes a question of who's responsible for that, who actually foots the bill. Uh, and you would think in general that's, you know, if it's for mom or grandma, it's, it's, it's their pocketbook, but sometimes uh, you might be, as a caregiver, you might be paying for it yourself, either because it's easier or maybe you have a better or more financial means than than the person you're taking care of. So that's the kind of the next step is if you are anticipating or if you just get uh, thrust into the family caregiver role, how do you prepare financially kind of your own pocketbook, your own life for that? Yeah, that's very difficult. There's many different ways um, to be paid as a family caregiver. Adaly, dot com provides a survey family caregivers can take to see what benefits they can receive in order to get paid benefits for themselves. Unfortunately, not everybody can receive those benefits because they're usually based off of income and asset level. In those circumstances, you may want to set up what's called a caregiving contract, which you can make with an attorney. And it's pretty much just like you would in employing someone, you're employing a family member to take care of you. And you have a list of duties and what they're required to do, what they're paid per hour to take care of you. And also understanding as a caregiver, what those boundaries look like. What's those financial boundaries? We've made it very clear with my grandma and I that whatever I spend on her will be reimbursed and what that reimbursement process is, we've made clear together. But if there's wishy-washy where there's not a clear, clear cut um, system in place, you might be footing the bill more than what you originally planned to. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. It becomes even more along the lines of siblings of if there's one person taking care of mom or, or auntie more often than, and they're not getting paid, they might be getting, you know, feeling like they're, they're getting the short end of things or what if they are get, getting paid, right? Maybe the spouses or the siblings are saying, well, that's not fair. Well, <laughs> you know, maybe it kind of is fair. Like they're, they're the ones putting in the work and, and the others aren't uh, on, on call there as much as, as one person. So I can see, how it really gets to be some interesting family dynamics. And I imagine it's almost more, uh, can become like a, a relationship connection of, of help, helping people understand like how their own relationships might, might change 
I guess that that's a good question. And, and how did your relationships with your your siblings or even in your own your, your yeah you mentioned your your spouse? How did that change once you, you became a caregiver? Yeah, um, I'm really lucky that I have a very loving and kind husband who is willing to um, go with me along this journey and help me as needed. But not everybody's the case. Um, I don't have any siblings. We're both only children, my husband and I. So we understand that eventually it would be our duty to be family caregivers because our parents don't have anybody else. So that's the responsibility that we've taken on. But those who have siblings may not have started these conversations before of what if mom and dad have trouble? Mm-hmm. What Who's going to take care of them? It's sometimes assumed that the person that's closest to them is the person who's going to end up helping out, Yeah, which is unfair to the person who's closest to them because then they get the burden of majority of the task. Mm-hmm. And they may not even want to play that role. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, when you said some of these uh, conversations, I've been I've been listening to and watching a uh, comedian, Nate Bragazzi, lately. And he's got a bit where he talks about, at some point in time, your parents get uh, old enough and you just realize that you're in charge of the family now. Like for for him, he's basically said like around 45, as she kind of became like the, the man in charge, you know, to use a term uh, of the family, which means it's like he went from this point where you were raising your kids and maybe talking to your kids about money and you think I got to go talk to my parents about money and talk to them. So <laughs> I, that's how, how do you go about, how do you talk to your parents about money, right? These are the people that raised you and yet you're the one maybe, Hey mom, let's talk about, about money. How, how do you, how do you broach that subject? Yeah, I, I have a four-year-old daughter and sometimes I think it's easier to talk about money with her than some of my family members. So regarding talking to your parents about money, some of the tools that I use is um, talk about an experience you've had. Maybe you recently were talking about a friend and their mom is currently in an assisted living facility and ask them, if you're in that situation, what would that look like for you? Or maybe you read a news article. The, it's best to kind of plant seeds and make it a little bit more of a nonchalant conversation so that mm-hmm. it's a little bit more welcoming rather than coming off as a judgmental, uncomfortable conversation. So asking them, I read this recent article about X, Y, and Z. What do you think about that topic? Or asking for their advice. I recently bought a house and the interest rates are crazy. And how am I you know, s- supposed to pay for these mortgage payments every month with this high interest rate? So asking them just simple financial advice can kind of get the money conversations flowing so that it's easier to have the harder conversations about dying and death and being a widow or whatever. Those conversations are much harder. So if you can start with the planting the seeds and starting the small conversations that are much easier, they'll make it easier to start the harder conversations. Yeah, it's a good idea. Maybe you're just setting yourself up for a better financial situation down the road. Like uh, one of them, especially when your parents start getting older, you're thinking of what do they have for the wills and trusts and empowered attorneys? Well, if you're 40 or 60 yourself, you probably ought to have those things to begin with. So I mean, that's a good question to ask your parents, or maybe just say, uh, I just went and did a will and a trust and power of his attorneys. Mm-hmm. 
What do you guys have set up? Or yeah. I'm thinking of setting up these things. What do you think? And they might say, oh yeah, good idea. We did that years ago. <laughs> or yeah, maybe I should go <laughs> do that myself. They might That might spark the conversation. To, I like that idea of asking for advice in a way to um, start the conversation. Well, we've talked about quite a few things. What have I not asked you that maybe I should have? Um, I think you covered a lot of things. Unfortunately, caregiving is so broad, just like retirement. We probably could talk all day, um, <laughs> but I don't want to burden you with talking about caregiving all day. But if there's any other questions that viewers have, I'm I'm happy to answer them. Yeah, we have resources. I've I've got here the the mybladder.com, adalee.com. Uh, you say caregiving.com is a place that you're connected mm-hmm. to. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we'll have resources in the show notes for everyone there too. And I've got one more question for you, Danielle. Uh, but before that, tell us how can somebody reach out to you? Yeah, I'm on social media. Majority of the time I'm either on LinkedIn. Um, with my name, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, my last name, Mila, M-I-U-R-A. I'm also on Twitter. And so that's under my same name as well. So you're welcome to join me on my journey of caregiving. Yeah, absolutely. And especially for those that are uh, in their journey themselves, I'm sure they appreciate having others to to be along that that journey with. Great. Definitely. Uh, now, final question for you, Danielle. Tell us something about yourself that few people know about. And remember, this podcast is rated clean. <laughs> well, at least that's easy for me. Um, my husband is Japanese, and so I gave birth in Japan. Oh, yeah. I, so that's I imagine that's an, uh, different than most Americans' uh, uh, experience. Yeah, I'm grateful that the Japanese government wants to populate their country more. I suppose, right? <laughs> and uh, they paid for majority of my health expenses. And part of covering those expenses, I was able to stay in the hospital for five days. And okay, during wow. that time, they give you classes on how to nurse and how to take care of your child so that you're well prepared to go home with your yeah. child. Definitely a different and I imagine better experience than uh most mothers in the uh, in the U.S. Unfortunately, from what I've heard. <laughs> yes. Yep. Good. Well, uh, appreciate you coming on, sharing your experience. We're gonna have links to all this, and for everyone that's out there caregiving for for somebody, I just want to say thank you and thank you to you, Danielle, because I'm I'm sure it's a uh, a lot of work, but uh, very much appreciated by your by your grandma, by your family. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for for coming along, and thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. 
consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning. Advisory persons of Thriven provide advisory services under a doing business as name or may have their own legal business entities. However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network LLC, a registered investment advisor. Kyle Financial Partners and Thrivent Advisor Network LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for the intended recipients only. Please visit our website, www.kylefp.com, for important disclosures.